Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. As you can see from the title of this episode, it is getting a clinical research job in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So a lot of people have been emailing me about that. How do I get a job in the pandemic? Uh, I was trying to find a clinical research job during uh, the COVID pandemic, but it seems like they've all dried up. Well, today, guys, I'm going to answer all of your questions about how to go about getting a job during the pandemic, COVID-19, at least what I would do. So before we get into that, I want to let you guys know about the resume review program. Now more than ever, this is needed for those people that are looking to get into the industry because now it is more competitive than ever. A lot of people have been laid off. Uh, they started with contract CRAs, as a lot of you have seen in my last episode. They started with contract CRAs. Then uh, they're going to move on to senior CRAs if the pandemic continues. And they're going to go on down the line. But it always starts with contract CRAs and contractors. Uh, they're going to get cut. Um, so now more than ever, it is imperative that your resume is uh, outstanding. And it's also imperative that your interview skills are also outstanding. So that is why... Um, I have the resume review program, and that's also why I offer interview prep along with it. Um, so for those that are interested, you can ask about the elite package, the elite clinical research resume review package. Um, and that is where I combine uh, interview preparation as well as a resume review. So you can get that uh, for one fee, and I think you'll be in a much, much better position than without it. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So someone emailed in, so I'm going to read their email and kind of talk you through uh, my recommendations. So they say, Dear ECRG, it is a great honor to send this email to you. I'm one of your subscribers on YouTube. All the updated videos are helpful in motivating me to keep working in the clinical trial department. Uh, I've worked in pharmaceuticals as a clinical project manager in Korea. Um, although the, the clinical trial industry in Korea is good, I dream to work in USA as quality analyst, project manager, or CRA uh, for a long time because USA is the leader in clinical trials. Um, because of the COVID-19 issue, it seems difficult to be working in USA as a foreigner, but I want to keep trying to find out the way I can work as a CRA, PM, or QA, or quality analyst, or quality associate. Um, so... To this, to this person who's looking to uh, come to the USA is not just hard for you. It's hard for everyone. Everyone that's working in USA or is out of work and looking to get into a clinical research job or looking to change fields into clinical research, um, it's hard for them too. So don't feel like it's just hard for you um, or it's harder now. I mean, I think it is harder for you um, to get a job than if you're already based in USA, but I'll get to that later. Um, so he's, so actually they're in the process of permanent residency to work in the USA. So that's great. Um, because I stay away from immigration issues on this channel because they're very com complex and confusing. Um, I will help you after the immigration stuff. Um, but they, they continue to say, I will, I wonder if I don't have permanent residency, is it difficult to get a job in the clinical trial department in USA? Um, there are so many companies which can sponsor the visa for working in USA um, I've heard that it's become difficult in recent years. Um, once again, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the sponsorship and stuff, um, the immigration stuff uh, during this episode. That You can talk to an immigration attorney and figure out how to do that. Um, my best advice would be to uh, work for a large company in 
um, South Korea, like a Merck, or you know, one of a large, powerful like a Roche uh, pharmaceutical company, and try and transfer over through them. Um, I know people from USA who have transferred over to other countries um, through uh, through the company like that. So I think it it's best to do that. Um, but if you're already getting permanent residency in USA, um, then uh, once you travel, once you get to USA, you can apply just like everyone else. Or I would start applying in South Korea, so you have a job lined up. Um, you can apply just like everyone else. Um, so I have a career of, of seven years in South Korea. It is difficult to be recognized in USA. That's a question. Or if, or is it, or if the career is with a global company, can it be recognized? So seven years of clinical research is seven years. Um, obviously, it's gonna be better if it's with a large company like a Merck or a Roche. A well-known company, uh, IQBIA, you know these big, large companies. Uh, it's going to be easy, easier because they're well-known and you know they have their processes and stuff like that. So it's probably going to be easier. Not to mention, if you were to transfer within the company um, while you're tra- uh, coming over to the USA, uh, I think that's probably your best bet. Um, so he says to work in USA as QA or CRA. What do I have to do in advance? So it's going to be a little bit different if you're a CRA because. Um, you need to be able to get around. So you're going to need some form of identification, which you should get in your immigration paperwork. You will need a driver's license to be a CRA. A lot of people don't know that, but that is one of the requirements to be a CRA is an actual driver's license because a lot of times these sites are not in taxi di- distance. You will have to drive. Um, I use Uber and Lyft most of the time, but you do have to drive sometimes. Um, so I do use I do drive sometimes. Uh, when I go to Albany... I drive. And also, if I want to go do something cool, I've talked to you guys about, you know, snowboarding and going looking at parks and going looking at other stuff. Um, you can't have all those taxi receipts on your expense report. So it's better if you're going to do all that stuff, just rent a car. Um, so I do that a lot. So I think uh, to answer your question, what's better to work in advance is um, pr- probably like a project management role, just like an office based role or work from home role. Nothing where you're going to need some extra stuff to get acclimated to. Um, but that's just my recommendation. Um, so whenever I joined the new company or new project in South Korea, in Korea, I updated my CV. But I think it's just for Korea company styles. Maybe not looks attractive in USA. Um, so they asked about the CV style. Um, I'm happy to take a look at your CV. Uh, as I talked about in the beginning of this episode, I do have the resume review program. So you can email it over. Happy to look at anyone's CV. Um, just email me eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Once again, that's eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. So, yeah, basically, you know, it's tough for everyone to get a job in the, during the pandemic because a lot of companies are not hiring. Um, They put a hiring freeze down, which is to be expected. Um, A lot of their companies' revenue have been cut tremendously, especially if you're looking at a CRO. Their revenue has been cut tremendously. Um, and then they have these big expenses of uh, monitors, contract monitors, senior CRAs, um, weighing down those expenses. Um, not to mention the sponsors aren't wanting to pay out because they're not getting the monitoring done because they're not monitors aren't allowed to travel. Um, I have seen some companies that are still hiring. Um, I've seen on the forums MedPace is hiring because um, they probably want you know bottom of the barrel CRAs, CRA ones. Um, you know, I've talked about MedPace before and I'm not going to throw that much shade during this, but really their whole business model. And you can see on Glassdoor is 
once you become a senior CRA there, they pretty much kick you out the door. Um, they only want the CRA ones and twos. They get these these people who have no clinical research experience in there, or just a little bit. Um, get them on the road as a CRA, and um, basically pay them way below um, fifty five thousand, fifty thousand. You should be making way more than that as a CRA one. Um, sixty plus seventy seven six in between sixty two and seventy thousand as a CRA one. Um, but of course, people take it because it's so hard to become a CRA. Um, I would have taken it too, and then I would just left. Um, they make you sign a non-compete. I've heard too, um, which should be which should be fine to get around. You just can't work um, in the same therapeutic areas or whatever it says. Um, but yeah, some companies are still hiring, so obviously you want to look on Indeed. Uh, that's my favorite platform. Go look at past episodes. I've talked about Indeed. You can just type in Indeed um, Elite Clinical Research or Indeed ECRG. It'll come up. How to use it? Um, how to how do how do I use it to maximize my job applications? Um, it's a numbers game. You want to make sure you're applying a lot. Um, take this time that you're working from home, that you're quarantined, to apply a lot, um, and don't be discouraged if you don't hear anything back for weeks because we are in a pandemic. Um, a lot of companies may have job positions open, but once I, like I said, do not be discouraged if you don't hear back for weeks uh, because. You know, people are busy. People are working from home. Um, they aren't going to be necessarily... Hiring is not uh, a top matter unless it's like a really, really important position. Um, so just be wary of that. And just apply, apply, apply. I would take this time, work on your interview skills. You can do that with me. Um, email eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com or just do it yourself. Work in the mirror. Um, ask yourself questions. Um, ask yourself questions about your resume. Make sure you know everything on your resume, um, how to explain it, how to um, talk up your experience, how to parlay your previous experience, whether it's science-based, clinical research-based, or not, into clinical research experience. This is some of the stuff I teach when I do interview prep with people, is how to parlay non-applicable experience into applicable clinical research experience. Um, that's an important skill. So you can work on it yourself, or you can work on it with me. Um, it's your choice. Um, let me see. So, so that's pretty much what you can do. I mean, you're at the, you are at the risk, you are at the behest of the companies when it, during this pandemic. Um, you know, and, and it's basically the same thing I always say. It's a job. You've got to grind it. You've got to work it. Um, go on LinkedIn, message recruiters, uh, connect with recruiters, apply to jobs on LinkedIn. You do all of these things every day. Indeed, LinkedIn, Monster, Glassdoor, you look at all of these platforms all the time and apply for jobs. That's how it's going to be. Um, if you thought you were pulling hard, if you thought you were uh, going to be applying hard uh, pre-pandemic or without the pandemic, then you better double that down now. Um, so do not hesitate to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive in this industry. You have to follow up if you don't hear anything back in a few days. Um, you have to email. You cannot be afraid to call people. Uh, and talk to recruiters. Um, do not be afraid to uh, cold call. Do not be afraid to uh, just send your resume in. Um, you have got to be aggressive. It's the squeaky wheel that's going to get the call back. I don't know how many times it's happened to me where I've applied for a job. Um, for some reason, it gets lost in the sauce. I call back and follow up and say, hey, did you guys get my resume? And they're like, oh, here it is. I forgot to pass it on to the hiring manager. Um, so that's why it's important to make sure you follow up if you don't hear anything back in a couple days. 
Um, so this is now more, it's now more important than ever to make sure you're doing this because, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a pandemic, we're in a crisis, we're in a slowdown. There's, there's not that many jobs and there's a tons of people applying for the jobs, tons. Um, not to mention a lot of people just lost their jobs. So there's going to be even more competition. So, um, uh, you know, today's date is, what's today's date? Come on, phone. April 28th. Today's date is April 28th um, at this recording. So probably go up either the 28th or 29th. And, um, you know, just do a quick COVID update here. Um, not much has changed, actually. Um, it looks like a lot of states are starting to open up. And I think we're going to see the cases spike up to the roof. So I think they're going to have to do another close down. Um, but I've noticed here in my state of North Carolina, you know, the weather's starting to get nice. People are starting to go outside. Um, in the beginning, when they first issued the stay-at-home order, it was a drastic reduction in traffic. But now, just moving around today, man, there's a lot of traffic out there. I, I wouldn't say it's back to like you know rush hour traffic. It's not back to, to full-on traffic, but I do think it is. You know, there's a lot more traffic I've noticed. Um, it's been crazy. Um, I think people are starting to get you know antsy. They don't want to be locked inside anymore. So they're starting to come out. They're starting to move and groove like they used to. They're starting to, uh, well, I don't know what they're doing because the restaurants aren't open and stuff. But they're starting to move around. Um, so I think, you know, we've got about another three weeks of this. And things are going to start opening up and moving slowly but surely again. Um, my dad actually works at the airlines. And um, he was saying when they first started, um, you know, there would be flights with eight people on it, five people. Now, they're starting to pick up a little bit more. There was one flight with 20-something people on it. Um, but not to mention, I mean, it's going to be slow. Not to mention, they, the airlines put a whole bunch of planes in, in, um, in storage. So it's not just, you know, you flip a switch and they're, they're ready to go again. They've got to do a lot of process. So they've got to ramp up again. Um, so it's going to take some time to ramp up again. But I think we're going to start seeing some big changes here in about three weeks. Uh, because I think a lot of stay-at-home orders are going to, um, you know, they're not going to be renewed, or maybe they'll be renewed for another week. But I think uh, the worst of this is is over. At least I hope so. I'm not going to wood, but I think the worst of this is over. Um, I think we'll come back. Um, I think we'll there'll be another spike again, and so maybe we'll go back into social distancing. But I think when we do come back, we're not going to be social distancing at all. I mean, we ugh, take that back. Take that back. When we do come back, we will be still social distancing. We still will be wearing masks. Um, so hopefully that will mitigate the, uh, the increase in the, in the spread of COVID-19. Um, but, but I think we're, we're going to be coming back sooner than later. Um, you know, restaurants are going to have us, you know, six feet apart. They're not going to have as many people in the dining room. Um, probably a lot of places are still going to be takeout only. Um, obviously, movie theaters are going to be closed. Um, no large events over a certain amount of people, pretty much no concerts, uh, no live shows, stuff like that for a long time. Uh, but as far as people getting back to work um, and things like that, I think we're, we're going to be uh, doing that sooner than later. But that's just my prediction. Um, and of course, I, I'll update you guys as I can, um, especially when it comes to the clinical trials industry, what's been going on with that. So hopefully this was helpful. Uh, if you have any questions, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Take care, guys.